World Podcast. I'm AJ. Jörg is there. I'm going to be in a different place soon, in different clothes, but he'll be in the same place, in the same t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Always. Yes. He never changes his clothes. I always go around the scene world. I have like 14 of those. <laughs> scene actually, world is my life. Actually, he's just really pale and it's a tattoo on his chest. Oh, last time I looked. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed our Jay Maynard um, live podcast and our Gamescom special podcast. Yes. Well, I did. And AJ actually got into love with cosplaying. Um, uh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next just time. Wait, just wait till what I dress up for yeah. at, at a video game con in, in a rotten in tomato. September. A rotten tomato. No. I, well, I have to dress up in some way that will that will. Because I've got to wear, I'm, I'll be wearing the Scene World T-shirt, so I have to incorporate that in some way, uh, in in my, in my in my costume. So. You could put the stamp on it. Yes, yes. I don't know what I'm going to do with the stamp. What I, I've got for our viewers here, I have a, a a packet of materials to bring with me to a video game con, which is occurring in uh, Whippany, New Jersey. Um, on some date in August, in September rather. Uh, the 19th or something? I believe it is the 19th. Yes, September 19th, Parsippany, New Jersey. I said Whippany, I'm totally wrong. Parsippany. Um, it's 33 Baldwin Road. And, and I have a packet of things to bring with me, including a Scene World t shirt and uh, business cards, which I will be handing out to people that may want them. And I'll even sign one if people might want me to do that i don't know why they would um and i have a stamp a a rubber hand stamp or 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 just a rubber stamp rather for stamping things and i have no idea what i'm going to do with that that is because vista prints included it because i was such a nice customer yes since so many years so right but i have (laughs) this thing so it's it's I'll, i'll be bringing it with me and i guess I guess I, I'll, I'll, I'll stamp something with it. I just don't, 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 know, don't know what. Our fans. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be stamped by me, come to a video game con on September 19th, or, and, and I will stamp you with a stamp. <laughs> I have been stamped. I'll, yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know what else to, to say. Yeah, I'll stamp you. That's our zero viral stamp. With, with a stamp and not my 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 size 12 feet so what we got in the news well as you mentioned the video game con Walter Day famous score keeper and founder of Twin Galaxies actually made a deal with the current founder uh, the current owner of um, Twin Galaxies that allows him to continue doing his trading cards so he has opened a new website, which is pretty cool. And this is the WalterDayCollection.com. And there you can find news about where to get his cards from and stuff. Excellent, excellent. And you are going to be on a card. 
Are you yes, there? he he sent me a message on Sunday that he wants my postal address because he included Scene World in his collections because he said we are doing a very good job with the magazine and the podcast and the video interviews and so on and we are well people will remember the history of what what um, caused our modern world because we are talking to those inventors and famous people um, so he said we should be on a card and he he wanted my face because I'm uh, the main founder of SeamWorld for some reason. I had yeah. this crazy idea when I was uh, a teenager and I found many people to my surprise who shared my vision and wanted to help me and they chased one of them. Mm. Yeah. I'm not I don't have a card though, but maybe maybe someday. Well, you are the podcast guy. So. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm the American. <laughs> now we've got a couple more Americans. Uh. And other news is that Gearbox who released um Duke Nukem Forever and who bought the brand from uh, 3 Realms a while ago actually settled with the current 3 Realms um so and Frederick Schreiber, the vice president of Three Realms, announced who we spoke to. Who we spoke to? Ago. Yeah, next to um, Mike Nielsen, who was CEO, and Frederick Schreiber announced that they settled and that the Duke Nukem franchise belongs to Gearbox, and they are focusing on other IPs and on Bombshell. Right, which is a. Uh... Which is what they were working on. They were they were going ahead with with Bombshell, and we spoke to them. We got to see some some exclusive pictures and stuff that we unfortunately couldn't share with everybody because it wasn't ready for prime time yet. But now we're getting closer, and so this is good news that that they'll be able to move ahead with this and and continue the development of it. And you will be speaking. To, well, actually, both of us because. There will be a Twitch show coming up, a live a live show. Jorg has been doing the series for the uh, the, the museum. Tell, yeah. tell us about this. The Film Institute of Frankfurt, the Film Museum of Frankfurt, um, for film and games interactions, mm -hmm. and this well, this exhibit is about how games influenced films and how films influenced games and mm -hmm. so and it was it is themed like Tron this is why we spoke to the Tron guy the last time and so yes since June I'm actually interviewing people that came from the video game industry or the creative demo scene industry or the film movie industry to to well to help that exhibit to be successful and showing right, some this, background. And this will be going on through January, uh, last Wednesday of every month. And the next one we'll be talking. I, I'll be taking part in the next one as well. I'll be there as a as a kind of just background thing. It's not going to be a podcast like this. It's going to be 
it's going to be the regular uh, night at the museum thing that 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 Jurg has been doing. Yeah. And um, but but we'll be talk. He'll be talking to three realms. I don't know exactly to whom yet, because I still have to talk to Fred because he just returned from PAX. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see some more of Bombshell because they had playable demos at PAX and TwitchCon. So they have something actually to show now. That's pretty yeah. interesting. And because and because we, we talked to them on the podcast, Jurg asked me if I wanted to take part in the in the live Twitch show with them and I said, Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll be happy to sit there and, and, yeah. and throw in my my cent in half occasionally. Yeah. Or more than that, yeah. Possibly, potentially. Yeah, and when first thing our retro hunts back, and mm -hmm. he announced that from now on all his episodes will be in English as well. So really? as you know, the last uh, special he did was Ghostbusters, and he did it especially for Scene World because I interviewed him in English That's right. two years ago, and um, I asked him if he could do a show in English, and he said, "Yeah, why not?" And it was so successful that he got so many viewers on that English episode that he decided to make English from now on as cool. well. So his, this special he had now was from Gamescom. He spoke to Ron Gilbert, who invented the scum interface of yes. adventures, graphic adventures, you know, it's like take, open, kick, hit. No, not kick and hit, but... You get well, the, the idea. The user interface that was for Monkey Island and, and Day of the Tentacle and... Um, Maniac Mansion. Maniac That's Mansion. That's the first and one. Zack McCracken and yeah. the Mindbenders and, and many, many, many more. Yeah. That weren't from Lucasfilm, LucasArts. Many, right. many more too. Mm -hmm. Yes, and he spoke to him. And so, yes, that's that's um, that's a special. So, we actually had some influence here. We, we irked um Sven to go on with English right now so cool cool and and we love Sven he's been on the podcast as a guest and as a as a special co-host yeah he is looking at the questions in the chat mm -hmm. so and we'd love to have him on again he you know maybe sure. he could do some fill in maybe if i have to do something he can you guys can work together if you have to do something you can take over for that or i don't i don't know we'll we'll figure it out it's yeah. fun it's fun to have the three of us. And it's just fun. I mean, imagine three from three realms, three of us. That's like six people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we have this uh, tacky guy, um, Sebastian Kreiner, who actually does this live um, stream thing for a living. So he did a very good job at the Tron thing, yes. you know, yes. flipping around all the cameras and the scenery and stuff. was really professional, like on television. Well, it kind of was on television because this is where television is going. Yeah. So we spoke to Norbert Varga. Yes. In Serbia. Yes. So a Serbian development studio for video games. He is CEO and producer and designer um, at and, Digital Error Limited. And chief underwater expert. Yeah. So he is waiting in the wings to talk to us. So let's go and have a rousing conversation with him. So hello, Norbert. Um, hello, guys. Um, right. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Great. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. 
It's, it's quite interesting um, because I've never heard before of this Kickstarter. It, I just was notified that a friend, no, that, not even that. You, no, you were, staff, you were staff pick on Kickstarter, actually. Yes, we were. And um, I remember the roots of that game. Um, that was actually Blue Byte Software who released the, the first version in Germany uh, in 1996, so yes, nine years Dynasty. ago. Exactly. Yes. And now we are talking to you. Uh, Serbia. Uh, uh, Serbia. Interesting that it moved from from Germany to Serbia. Anyway, it's it's pretty it's a pretty interesting move. Um, we so, don't see too much, too many. Uh, well, I, I mean, for all I know, there could be, but the British have, you know, kind of somewhat popular publishing houses for, or at least they did for, um, for, for games going back a long way. And, and, uh, you know, the, the U S had game, you know, big companies, EA and all that stuff that has gone back for a long time. Mm -hmm. But, but that, that area, uh, uh, Serbia now, as you were saying, but I don't know too much of the history of, of how all that stuff worked over there. You know, you don't, I come from like the demo scene, which there was a lot of Europe, a lot of America in that, you know, with the, the old retro computers and stuff. And, yes. and, and I, you know, you never hear too much about, about how that worked in that, you know, in that part of the world. And it's, it's yeah, of there's, interest to me. There's a well-known demo scene person, um, uh, Bra Branimir Karadzic or something like that. Uh, he is actually from our town, I think. Oh. Um, so I, th I think that's how it's called. He's he was well-known Demoscene person. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, but actually, you're right. Um, we don't really have too much video game development here. Uh, we have a hidden uh, object puzzle adventure. Is the Ho Hopa thing the hidden object thing? Mm -hmm. That's a lot. There's a large studio here called Apex. Maybe you've heard of them. But I have actually. Um, but beyond them, uh, there's the Metamorph guys who did uh, some stuff, and then the Madhead guys. I think that's X Metamorph. I, I'm not very up to date all about all the changes, but yeah, you're right. Most of the actual 3D, so to say, 3D video game development that is not the hidden object is pretty small. There's a lot of small mobile indies i think uh but it's quite new in the region so hmm. so it's 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 a bit of a challenge actually to find talent as well i could imagine i could imagine it's also a lot of um a lot of people with with interesting ideas because this isn't something that's been explored necessarily yes. you know indeed yeah but when we spoke to other um game development companies and studios they said they often have people from abroad and they are doing something like um working from home oh yeah and so much telecommuting that yeah. that you know having a an actual location-based studio is not necessarily something you need to do anymore yes we do that as well we hmm. have uh, some developers who work from their homes and we also have some remote teams cooperating with us um, so it's it's part of our pipeline and uh, we've perfected this to quite a high level um, okay 
uh, almost to a level where we have an actual um, quote, come to an office, unquote, approach uh, virtually uh, with some of these people. Okay. And how are those Austrians involved that I uh, got in touch with you over? Uh, Austrians, you mean the people from Nordic? Yes. Um, well, uh, we have part of the production uh, from Nordic. So production is being uh, cooperated with Nordic. They also handle, uh, for example, Martin, who is a producer on the project along with myself uh, and also Reynard, who is also involved with production. Martin does some writing. Um, they also help with uh, the whole production approach. And uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of areas they will be involved uh, in the actual production itself when they get into the rest of the production after the Kickstarter, um, which, as I just noticed, is about to hit the funding goal. Yes, I saw nice. that. Nice. I saw that. It's amazing. Um, so it's a kind of a cooperation of two studios. Uh, yes can say so. We are in cooperation with Nordic. We, we are uh, primarily developers, so we are developing the actual product, while Nordic is the publishing slash production uh, marketing, I guess, as well, uh, as, uh, side of the whole uh, cooperation so far. Now, when we get further down, um, this might change, you know, we might get um, some development as well from their end. Um, uh, th this part is a bit unexplored, um, yeah. but yeah, it's a cooperation and uh, it's a good cooperation. We've been cooperating with Nordic, uh, not just on this, uh, but with other projects as well in the past. Uh, yeah, I saw that on your homepage. Yeah. Yes, uh, I we, checked it out. Yes, we've done work with them and we, I think we have a good relationship, good working relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, um, so, so I wonder, as this is quite a game that quite has some um, history, how you got into that? I mean, they told me you are the CEO and underwater expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> underwater expert is um, a bit of an execration. <laughs> Um, but I would have, I would rather call myself underwater enthusiast than an expert. Um, <laughs> hmm. um, um, I, because I don't actually have specific underwater uh, stuff training except diving. So it's not like I have a, a master's degree in underwater, I don't know, oceanography or mar marine biology or something. But if I would not have been in video game development, maybe I would be there now. So <laughs> I have a big interest in, in all that. And I also have extensive diving experience as well. I think that you're fairly an underwater expert. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even swim. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just think the, uh, that's also wondering. a way of swimming. That's the beginning of diving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. uh, for your knowledge, some of the divers I dive with don't actually know properly how to swim so oh, really? <laughs> okay it's not not a key requirement but it's a good thing to have <laughs> okay that's interesting anyway I wonder how it moved from Germany to Serbia and how you got involved with with the game 
Oh, um, that that's a long story that goes back to. Let me just tell you exactly. The first one was in March twenty first, two thousand twelve. Uh, yes, uh, I think that's when that, that's the date says uh, on a file that I'm looking at. I have all every single screenshot and 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 vip shot and thing from way of the communication so basically we got into talks with nordics uh sorry nordic about all the ips they own so and they own the aquinox um uh because prior to that we've been involved with them as well with other things and uh we kind of made uh them an offer of uh how about we make a new aquinox game um and we put together a couple of you know images uh you know in in engine in that in unreal 3 back then um a couple of scenes uh experimental scenes paint overs um some ideas for the gameplay and so on and we started talking and uh that was yeah 3 years ago and we kind of moved on, turned it all around a couple of times and what to do, how to do. Uh, we've experimented with various gameplay prototyping, um, story ideas, uh, how to do the reboot, what to reboot, what to, to rework, how. Um, so it's been a process uh, with a lot of twists and turns. Uh, but eventually, um, we got to this point and uh, with a, quite a, a stable direction as of now, although still very, very early in the phase. So Kickstarter is also part of the uh, approach of us learning what the community wants from a new Aquinox game. So it's it's big part why we are doing the Kickstarter, because we want the community as involved as possible from the the, the earliest possible point of production and we have already learned a lot about uh, how our ideas were and how the community sees our ideas and uh, how we are going to approach a lot of things and now so, is this is this actually going to be a reboot or is will this be a continuation of what's already been put out there um well so far the approach is uh, to create a reboot but um, it's not like a complete wipe of everything so we use a lot of things from the old games um, in terms of uh, lore in terms of characters in terms of places in terms of factions and so on and so forth but they uh, some of them or most of them will not be exactly as they were. They will have a different kind of integration because this is kind of like an alternative timeline. So, mm. and it plays much earlier to the time uh, when humanity went uh, under the ocean because both Archimedean Dynasty and the Aquinox games play quite later when humanity had a lot of time to evolve and create huge cities we are much before that, so we we focus on a more more wild wild west kind of approach when it's it's quite raw and it's much more gritty, much more depressing, 
and the sense of survival is much closer than uh, in those ultra high tech later uh, very highly developed uh, periods so player might actually meet younger versions of some well-known characters that was my next question about actually <laughs> uh, but I said might might yeah um, yeah but there as I said it's it's very important to put an accent on this because um, as I said we are doing the Kickstarter to find out what the people feel about our ideas and we are a flexible developer and Nordic is also flexible in this kind of manner um, and we've been talking about uh, uh, these ideas and we have for example on the weapons front we have about 10 different kind of weapon system concepts at hand off the top of my head uh, out of which we find one or two to be the better ones and we are still trying to balance a good strategy with good combat that is not feeling like an underwater ego shooter but also doesn't feel extremely slow um, uh, so it's still and that, in, uh, that, that kind of approach applies to a lot of things um, we have obviously we are we're not undecided on things but it's, it's more of an approach of seeing what people on the Kickstarter see this is why we also have devoting on the stretch goals as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, you that's, actually that's kind of cool too because a lot of times when you reboot or you make a new version of something the audience is always you know you can't you can't make everybody happy all the time yes. and uh, and a lot of times people <laughs> yeah and a lot of times people kind of there's some vitriol from people as far as you know taking something that they they loved as a as a kid or or whatever and, and changing it around and by doing the the kickstarter like that you're actually letting people kind of influence the direction that you're taking it yes and also what would interest me is how is your personal connection with the ip because um you look like you are early 30s or something like me or even younger so i was a teenager 20 years ago when I played it um, so and uh, when we talked to a lot of other developers a lot were like I'm working at this place where I wanted to be like 20 years ago as a teenager so did you also have this uh, you know this passion for the game and always wanted to make the the next the next episode of the game um, well there are about five games uh, that I've played when I was young uh, that I was like hyped to be involved with. Um, uh, one of them, or kind of like the subject of them, because I was not exactly tied directly to Aquanauts. I've played Subwar and um, um, Archimedean Dynasty, and I really liked the setting. I also played Wing Commander and played Freelancer, and I also loved those as well. Um, so I kind of wanted to be involved with a project like this since quite a few years ago. Um, any other one is probably Baller's Gate and maybe Gothic, and but th those are different kind of genres, but uh, um, unrelated to this. But yeah, so and. 
this way, I kind of evolved into wanting to create a sim-like experience where you're piloting a ship. Um, and uh, as the years moved by and when we kind of got involved with Nordic, uh, it kind of cleared out that I want to go towards the underwater one, not the spacey one. Um, partially because I feel like there are a lot of space games right now. <laughs> and um, I don't mind. I love those kind of games. Um, but I wanted to... I had this feeling that, okay, this is the time, this is a really good time to bring back Aquanauts. Because people uh, kind of realize that there is this genre. Because there was this huge gap when FPS and RPGs were dominating. And now we have this this period where spacey sims are are a trend, if I can say so. Yeah. Um and, and and it's not not just that, but also they are um more accepted by, by people. Uh, they kinda because it's it's something that's happening. Now that is even uh, better to bring back Aquanox because um, obviously it's not exactly a space game. You don't play as a space game, but um, it's the closest one to compare it to, probably, <laughs> because it, you are piloting kind of like a ship. But to me, I, I think it's better because it's it's you you have the exploration aspect that you don't you can't have in a space game. Unless you take your spaceship into a meteor, but that's the sense. So. <laughs> well, yes, I remember that playing uh, playing the Aquanox series games, and they were like, "Oh, I can't go there. the The water pressure is too high, or something." I said, "No, no, no. Go a bit, go a bit left. Now, now I can, now I can uh, try forward, something like this." Well, I've like never, really I've something. never played the the Aquanox games, but I can imagine, you know, with with space things like like that kind of game. You can't, if you were to put any kind of exploration in, you have to really kind of ignore the facts of how the universe works, which is that there's lots of nothing. You know, and, and yes. if you did have a game, a, a space game, which was, you know, accurate to reality, it would just be months of nothing. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. You, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's almost the sort of thing where you could take this and, and make it a realistic sort of simulation of, of what that would be like and not have to really suspend your disbelief too much because because you could hop in a submarine sort of thing and, and cruise around underwater and, and and actually find things. You know, when if you went out in space, you would just go that way and keep going in that way and never, <laughs> ever find anything. Indeed. Actually, um, Aquanauts... Deep Descent is, in fact, as much as scientifically as accurate as possible. Um, and we are putting um, um, work into that uh, when it comes to a lot of things, especially when it comes to water uh, pressure, water density, um, sight range, and so on, uh, sonars, uh, the stuff that you can hear. Um, as well as the whole sense of, um, well, you're basically helpless. You're in a tin can at the bottom of the ocean. And 
we are working a lot on making the player feel this. It's it's a big part of the game to to feel uh, that that impact of the whole underwater setting. Kind of isolation of all the pressure sitting on top yes, of you. Yes. And, hmm. This sounds like a candidate for an arcade game where you sit in inside. <laughs> an and arcade game. Yeah, well, that's the that's the sort of thing I could I could yeah that that yeah that would probably translate well into like an enclosed thing in your yeah oh <laughs> but, like but that's you know that that's also that that's cool because it's another big thing with a lot of flight games you know it's they, it's a simulator they say but it doesn't really take into effect or into account a lot of things that are you know wind and, and air pressures and all that stuff that it, basically it's the same sort of concept as underwater just a lot less dense you know and, and it's it's the sort of thing that always annoyed me because I always had this this fixation with planes and things and I, and I play these <laughs> games and it's like this isn't how it really works this isn't what happens in real life <laughs> yeah um, we actually have a prototype system right now um, not really visible in in our Kickstarter videos and so on, because we don't really put too much uh, emphasis on explaining those parts. Mm -hmm. But we have kind of like a water density kind of system in place that tracks a couple of things like water salinity, your depth, water temperature, uh, the shape of your ship, uh, and actually the speed that you're traveling at. So, right. and, and if you suddenly decide to turn, uh, all these factors are being checked and a lot of interesting things can happen and that this impacts torpedoes different kind of upgrades to your ship and so on so um, it's it's giving you the feel that you are underwater and um, it's one of my gripes with uh, the Aquinox games of prior that they were good for what they've done Heads down, I love them, all of them. Some some aspects more, some aspects less. <clears throat> um, but it's one thing uh, that we are upgrading, or working on, and experimenting with to um, make the ships feel uh, more <clears throat> underwater. <-y. laughs> mm. New expressions. Yes, yeah. but um, you could also make an arcade mode for people who would just want to shoot. You know, like an arcade in a simulation mode or something. Yes. <laughs> um, well, there will probably be an e easy and regular and expert mode to it. The easy will be, you oh, know. Yes. Um, far from uh, we, um, please don't misunderstand. We are not trying to make a game that will make people uh, learn hate the game skills. and go insane. <laughs> um, but it really adds to the feeling of being underwater because that's a big part you need to this game. We don't want our game to feel that you are in space in any way. So, and we are definitely looking at ways to make some arcadey possibilities, but not in the main game. Um, maybe some training modes or some multiplayer modes, you know, some modifications uh, like uh, multiplayer game mode modifications where it's more ego shootery or more realistic and so on um, but definitely difficulty can also play a big role um, that's a good uh, good approach as well to that um, 
like for example, we're certainly going to have a difficulty set for your friendly fire or bumping into stuff because if you would bump into something underwater in the old games, I think none of them actually had if you bumped into ships, you got some damage, but not if you bumped into cliffs um, but probably you would have a serious problem if you would bump in so in a higher difficulty setting you would have trouble bumping into a cliff um, or the bumping gear uh, I think I spoke about the bumping gear on the stream where I mentioned uh, our ideas to make uh, weaponized ship uh, armors that you can use to ram other ships um, which I think could be fun. I, I would yeah. enjoy playing that. <laughs> Mario Kart underwater. Something. Demolition Derby is underwater. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, Demolition Derby. Destruction yeah, Derby was it up. called on the... <laughs> I should write that up. Yeah, Destruction yeah, yeah. Derby was it called on the PlayStation, one of the biggest hits. Yeah. Oh, 21 years ago. Oh, my God. Destruction Derby. <laughs> write, write, write this down. You're, we're we're going to make millions. <laughs> Destruction Derby underwater. So, yeah. so if you have any any um, ambition to make a racing game underwater, get us under contract. We will make the best yeah, yeah. <laughs> best uh, <laughs> underwater racing game. I, I don't think this was even done yet so far. Nobody underwater had that. Underwater racing. I yeah. think someone's done another uh, underwater racing game. Uh, I, I just don't think that it's been. Famous. I don't think it was that successful. Yet. Okay. Mm. Mm. No, no one stops players in, or no one will stop players in Aquanox Deep Descent to actually race each other in multiplayer. Um, but I guess the main focus will be to go from waypoint to waypoint. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, is there? There's a role-playing aspect to it, in in which you're not just flying around doing stuff or shooting yes. things. There's there's a there's a plot going on, and there's there's and and. I didn't. I didn't grow up with the series. Well, I mean, the series was around when I grew up, but I didn't. I didn't play it, so I don't know the specifics of it. But um, how are how are you approaching the the role playing aspects of this? Um, well, uh, prior games were entirely mission based, so you got a mission on your base or your or the harvester ship, uh, and then you go to the map and you get plopped out at the mission. You finish the mission and you pop back to the ship or station. So that's how they did it. Now, what we are doing is we are letting the player to um, explore the world on his own. Um, now we will have zones that will be divided up and you unlock these zones as you progress in the main story. And uh, we have a lot of uh, ideas on how to fill up the world uh, with content, uh, be that combat, exploration, um, mining stuff like gathering from uh, hydrothermal winds or different kind of ore stuff, um, enjo uh, enjoying just the scenery, like exploring, finding interesting places, um, trading or escorting missions uh and things like that we don't exactly plan or we are not exactly planning into going into a detailed direct trading approach like you being the trader mm -hmm. because we we're looking at uh 
focusing on smaller ships, but they will there will be large trader ships that you can kind of like rent. And uh, you fill up these ships with cargo and you set the course, or that's the idea, set the course of the ship, and it goes on to carry the cargo to that space, uh, uh, to that next base. And you follow along with your fighter or scout and you protect it. So it's, it's kind of like you being the trader, but you get to keep your fighting as well. It's kind of like a mix of the two. You can still trade with your smaller ships. Some of the smaller ships will have quite a large cargo space uh, if you want. And you can do a faster route that way. Um, then we also are looking at um, uh, character story progression. Characters will have their own interest. You're going to be actually playing with four characters. So it's not like one main guy, but four characters. Each with their own goals and ideas and uh, personalities. And uh, when on bases, you will be able to, or bases or stations or large uh, ships uh, where you can actually dock, you will be able to switch your pilot, uh, so to say pilot, let's call them pilots, mm -hmm. who's your actual pilot. And depending on the pilot you are using out of the four, you get various benefits. Like some of uh, the, the four will be better at exploration aspect, other will be better at uh, combat. Uh, each of them going to be have their own kind of like a passive impact on gameplay. So you're not really officially a bounty hunter anymore, because I think in the first part you were officially a bounty hunter. This is how you yes. started. Yes, you were uh, Dead Eye Flint in Aquinox 1 and uh, Archimedean Dynasty. Um, uh, no specifics on what you are <laughs> at this point, um, but you will be four characters. As Martin likes to say, okay. you're going to be a Ninja Turtles or a team kind of okay. approach. Okay, you don't, you don't want to, to spoil the surprise too much, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's it's not just that. Uh, it's also that uh, we have different ideas for the different characters out of all the four. Each of them, maybe one of them can be a bounty hunter, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they will have plots against each other. Um, also, when you are playing in co-op, just not to forget that uh, the four characters are divided up into four players. So you get to play one of them. Uh, this depends on who wants to play which one. And this way, when you play co-op, the story can progress the exact same way as playing in single player. So there is a multiplayer for up to four people. Yes, co-op multiplayer, as well as other kind of classical, so to say, game modes like, you know, the dog fights and... Uh, um, an underwatery approach to capture the flag, uh, <laughs> which we will talk more about probably in the future. But yeah, that these kind of uh, you know, I mean dogfights like Team Deathmatch and Deathmatch kind of idea 
I mean, that's mm -hmm. a given for a game like this. It would be oh, yeah. crazy not to be able to go online and just shoot someone. <laughs> well, I, I, I did that like I did that like 14 years ago in Equinox. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I can actually shoot my classmates. <laughs> that I then that I you know and then the next morning when you go back to the to your education place you were like I I killed you yesterday like twice uh, twice you know so <laughs> I totally remember that and my, and I was still living with my parents and my mom asked me what are you doing I said I'm I'm just shooting down my classmate you know yeah. <laughs> and she was like <laughs> she didn't understand the word but uh, this this was. This Equinox thing was one of my my first online gaming experience thing, and this was totally awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm not mistaken, but but they had multiplayer in yes, uh, uh, yeah, Equinox so, one so, had yeah, yes. that that so that that was definitely it. When was when was Equinox one? Well, well, uh, the, Equinox one was in 2001. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that's, I said. That's, yeah. That's, oh, that's fourteen years ago. That's pretty early for multiplayer like that, wasn't it? They didn't really that didn't catch on until I thought more recently. I could well, be many people in Germany entirely, many people in Germany didn't have a DSL line even at that time. You know, right, right. <laughs> it started like one year one year earlier, and uh, I still played it with modem, and it worked. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I this is this is amazing, you know. Yeah, and nowadays you have like like ADSL and cable like fifty megabits per second or something. Yeah, so it's been a long way. Yeah, so 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 hope hope you are having a good multiplayer, because I remember um, when I was playing uh, Outrun Coast to Coast like in two thousand six, their multiplayer mode was horrible. It was always crashing and delayed and stuff, and that's especially hard for a racing game. I was like. How can you mess up such a such a multiplayer thing? I don't know. Well, well when, when it's released, we'll have to test it out, and I'll, <laughs> I'll blow you up a few times. Uh, I mean, now, nowadays you have different problems. I mean, personally, I'm talking to a lot of people from Africa, which 3G, so that's also yeah. not not easy. And um, I also uh, my, my big problem is that I'm using a Mac. Will, will there be a Mac version? Um, Got to ask everybody that. Will there be a Mac version? There will be hopefully a Linux and Mac version, as we have written on our frequently asked question uh, for our Kickstarter. Um, it's hard to confirm as we are very early in production, but Nordic is well known for uh, supporting Linux as well as I think Mac. I'm not very exactly involved with the Mac side. I'm more involved with the Linux side. And uh, uh, for my whole time of being uh, as a video game developer, so to say, actively uh, from 2010, that's when we officially formed Digital Era. I've been very much keen on pushing Linux uh, for gaming. Even Steam supports it nowadays, so... Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. It's been a... Uh, back then, when I started telling people that, come on, guys, we need games on Linux, everyone was like, you, you are out of your mind. <laughs> and everyone, when I, when, uh, I was uh, pitching some games towards different kind of uh, places, and I had a base criteria that the game must come to Linux, and I got a lot of 
Twitches rec uh, uh, refuse because of actually that. So That's, I can I can get behind that too because I'm not a I I have a Mac but what at work and everywhere else I, I always push uh, Linux particularly uh, Ubuntu is my is the one I usually go to because with family members that don't know anything about 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 computers it's easy i mean it, it, that's pretty much as easy as you can get you know there's a there's your email there push a button whatever but the big thing everyone always says to me about that is like well where are the games <laughs> yes. it's like well i don't know you know there, there there are none but you you would think that it being a platform that that really it used to be complicated it used to be the sort of thing that you didn't want to mess with because you had to learn commands and this and that and and yeah. but it has come to the point now where it's just it's easier than windows to to run the stuff yes um and it's a good thing because they, now games are actually coming to linux a lot right. more so I, I really hope we will be able to resolve all technicalities when it comes to linux so we are working on unreal 4 unreal 4 has support for these platforms up to some level obviously um it all depends on like for example different kind of third party plugins we might use for example or or also maybe some of the features are tricky to run properly on some of the platforms so it's not exactly hard uh, sorry not exactly easy <laughs> right to right. confirm like Yes, we will have Linux. I don't like promising things that I cannot. I'm not 100% sure I can upkeep. So, right. Um, but my hopes are high that we will do a Linux and Mac version as well. Hopefully, okay. everything will go well to make it happen. But we will probably confirm that during development at some point. We'll make okay. a big update on that. <laughs> okay. It's interesting because this is a trend that I especially noticed since there's Kickstarter that a lot of projects on Kickstarter are now Linux and Mac compatible or even on, on the mobile mobile platforms. And, um, and back then when I started being a gamer 20 years ago and you go to the store, or even 10 years ago, it was just Windows. And nowadays, <laughs> nowadays you have Kickstarter and you can involve gamers in the in the development process and now they finally find out hey we have enough we have enough mac users so why not why not doing that as well and yeah. Uh, yeah, well it's gotten to the point where where things are it, it, like you said it used to be you go to the store and then you'd have sections it's like there's there's your commodore section there's your atari there's your windows or, or dos or whatever there's your the 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 tiny little mac booth over there because nothing ever was made for that and 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 now it's like you, you barely go to the store to pick up an actual box of software anyway anymore. And if yeah. you do, it's just like, you, you, know, you know, you go to a website and you download it and it's what you need. This is why I always buy boxed versions anyway, because I'm a collector. I want oh, boxes. Yeah, because you're a dork. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm a collector. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I like boxed versions as well, actually. Mm. But uh, I, I usually kind of go towards box versions of games I'm really fond of. Right, I'm not yeah. really into getting every box, but uh, there are games that uh, I, I am really looking forward to or, or I really enjoy. Like There are games that I own digitally and later on I purchased a boxed one just so I can 
have it with me. Like, right, you know, yeah, yeah. I yeah. do the box. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I hope you take special care about the one I pledged in your Kickstarter. Uh, which one did you pledge? Um, the one that was like 100 tell something. $110. That's $10. The, the shiny metal box. Exactly, yes. Oh boy. Oh boy. I, is that the one with the manta ray tags? Sorry, I don't know exactly all of them by heart. It says, um, let me see what we have here. <laughs> it says a Kickstarter edition only available during the Kickstarter campaign. You received a box collector edition in an exclusive metal box. It oh. includes soundtrack CD, making of DVD, Equinox, Manta, Raytag. Yeah, that is yes. what you meant, yeah. Yes. And exclusive in-game content. Oh yes, that was as well. And a f an epic fanfare will be played and your name will be highlighted when you, when you join a multiplayer game. Oh, yes. hey now. Oh my god. <laughs> Nefcom is coming online. Dee -dee -dee. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> am, I, am, I, am I that important? Incredible. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's a bit of a thank you for the people who supported us through Kickstarter. That's, uh, if, that's the Kickstarter collectors one that you can only get on the Kickstarter. So no other place will be available to get those extras. Actually, I didn't check. Uh, is, is the goal close or not? Is it? Well, I mean, I mean, you were you. I mean, within two hours, you already made a, a very, very big progress. I was like, oh my god, yeah, you you are a thousand dollars short, actually. Uh, Eight hundred dollars short right how, now. How how much is how long is there? Uh, eight days. Eight days left. Yeah, and eight hundred dollars left. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's, We'll make that. It's interesting. Yeah. It's the shortest Kickstarter I've ever seen or something. It's like a few weeks. You you didn't go for long. Yeah. Um. We came to a decision to do a shorter one. We discussed what what to do, what not to do, and um. Um, I don't exactly recall all the details. We just went with okay, twenty four days. Um, we can do this. <laughs> It's it's interesting because I have read I have read some press um, reactions prior to writing to you, and um, they said that that they quoted you for saying that you are not really after the money. You are more about creating a community of interested players to give you feedback on the development. Uh, that's a big part, uh, as I said in the beginning of our chat here that uh, we are looking into getting as much feedback as possible. Yeah, so it, but it doesn't end with this Kickstarter. Yeah, um, I know. It starts with this Kickstarter. But, to, but, but you were quoted for saying that you are not really in the need of the money. Um, well, uh, our Kickstarter is basically, as it is described on our page, is that uh, we discussed with Nordic Games and we created this Kickstarter together and see if we can reach our goal and if we do um, we will have the rest of the investment assistance from Nordic Games that we need for the remainder of the project 
if we reach the goal. Ah, okay. And uh, we are um, in need of the money, but this is our goal to see if people want this game. Uh, I also, in the Kickstarter video, I think I, I mentioned this, that we, we want to see if people want a new Aquinox game. And we hope they do, because uh, we would love to see a new Aquinox game. I would really love to see a new Aquinox game. And uh, <laughs> I will feel uh, like a teenager I, again. I, I, I do. You're, you're, you're $10 closer now. <laughs> You've pledged. Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are always doing live pledging stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, well, it's just something I ask because um, other games that I pledged, they had a higher, higher, much higher goal. So um, this is why I was wondering if it's really covering your, your costs. Um, yeah, it, it covers some of the costs, certainly, but mm -hmm. not the whole. So it, the actual budget is much bigger. Um, mm. uh, if you scroll down on the Kickstarter page, about uh, three quarters or so, or towards the end, uh, where it is says, why are we on Kickstarter or something like that. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Yeah, so that there you can, it has like a little breakdown of, of this whole uh, situation. Uh, basically, it says that we are uh, gauging uh, uh, people's interest as well in some level, but also um, it's not just that. We really, really want to see what people have to say, and we want to uh, create a community for Aquinox where people will be able to voice their opinion, uh, give their two, two cents, uh, in terms of you know ideas suggestions there's been uh, quite a lot of ideas on the forums that I've been reading um, and uh, writing back to people and so far actually I've seen some ideas that I really liked um, and ideas that might actually in some way uh, be implemented you know like suggestions that people would like to have and they make good point um, you see, uh, we kind of see this Kickstarter as a gauge to uh, have, as they say, sometimes an artist needs an extra pair of eyes to judge his artwork. And uh, sometimes this happens to game developers, and I'm very aware of this. You get so attached to your project that you think that's the best thing ever. Um, and I'm aware of that, and everyone, it happens to everyone. Oh yeah. Even even the best designers and the best developers, it can happen. So it's a big part of the Kickstarter that basically our community is our lighthouse, as Martin likes to say. Uh, uh, to see, okay, well that's a good idea, and well that is not exactly a good idea. So what do we do? And then we discuss it. And the earlier we do this in the development, so we are doing it in early development now. Uh, we are in prototype phase, pre-alpha phase, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, this is why I can't really give you a playable something. I would love to give you a playable something, but we can't. We don't. It it would. It's about 85 gigabytes in size, and it's a yeah. lot of raw data. And well, of course, it's, it's it's not really possible to just go. Here you go. Um, if we could build an installer, you know, and give you 
it would be a lot better, but unfortunately we can't. But I guess um, at some point for the um, for the supporters, you will have a playable demo, I guess, in the future, uh, someone. Yes, uh, definitely. Well, the ones that pledged for the alpha uh, will have access <sighs> to the alpha yeah, uh, very update, very soon. Upgrade your pledge there, Jörg. Uh, well, well, the problem is the problem is that it was also it was also mentioned in the comments. You don't allow alpha access in the certain pledge levels, and unfortunately, mine is included. So you'll have to pledge twice then. Yeah, uh, you can't. You can only check, pledge. You can only check, pledge. Check the There's been an update. There's been an update today or yesterday yes. or something. Just, okay. just now, just for you. <laughs> Alpha access and original games for all Kickstarter edition backers have been added today. Hey, lucky, lucky me. So, yeah. <laughs> so don't change your pledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I kept it. You, you, you deserve your seven extra dollars. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. And also, oh. I, I think that you know, with your the Kickstarter, uh, like you, you said on the page, it also helps to increase awareness because the game was popular in places like like Germany but elsewhere <laughs> it's not not as well known so this is kind of you know it, with Kickstarter everyone gets to see it and they featured it as a it's a staff pick so so it, it kind of it, it, it sort of it, it's almost advertising in and of itself in that it really yeah, I can say so yeah it gets the gets it out there more because well, it's not something that I would have even it wouldn't have been on my radar had had it not been something that was that was you know highlighted there and and with Jurg telling me about it yeah well the thing is interesting thing is is it is a german game and Ooh. the german version was called schleichfahrt which i own i don't own the english version um and here in germany you could also get the german version and the english version was released half a year later well, the English version version is actually a translation of the German original. So. Oh boy. Yeah. Yes, it was a German original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Schleifart. Yeah. yeah. You know, even hard to pronounce for for, for foreigners. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, if I if you translate it, it comes down as slow speed or something. Slow, <laughs> sp slow, slow speed driving. Yeah. yeah, slow speed driving. Actually, it means literally slow as a snake. That, that, that sounds like the least entertaining game. <laughs> wow, slow driving. Let's get that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, I guess the, the English name attracted yeah, uh, people that. But the Schleifart itself is an expression, though. You, a good example of how you cannot directly translate yeah. it. It's also an expression on German that they used for the submarines where they went into stealth mode, kind of. Oh. Yeah, there, there's the movie um, Does Boat. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely. I have seen. Look. Oh, you have. Okay. I, I have. You I should remember, watch it in German. Seen. If you don't know German, watch it in German English subtitles. <laughs> Subtitles, sorry. <laughs> because it's much, much better in German. Is there actually an English one? I think there is an English one. Actually, probably remade it. Actually, when you look when you look on the DVD on Amazon, it says 
it says German with English subtitles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it is. Okay. I, I didn't know if there's an English one because I only watched it in German with English sub subtitles. But so. according to your LinkedIn, you know German. I can understand some German. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I Norbert. Oh, uh, I understand. I, I'm not fluent in German. Okay. I understand some German. Um, my writing is horrible in German. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I, you could probably not sell me. In okay. Germany. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> because your name could also be a very uh, typical German name. You know, Norbert yes, it is. is. Yeah. Norbert is, I think, a German name. It I is. Think. Yeah. So, something like German relatives or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Interesting. It was my destiny. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's um so what's the next thing cutscenes? I mean, uh, Schleichfahrt was very much known for its cutscenes. It was oh, yes. awesome. It was chart dropping. I was like, I didn't know my my slow DOS PC can handle this, you know. Yes. So how 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 you go about that? Um yeah, cutscenes is a very very um experimental thing for us right now um but you cannot, since we you are... cannot drop that you cannot drop that you can't. no and I, I didn't say we can't we will drop cutscenes but i would say uh we still need to find a good way to approach cutscenes um equinox deep descent obviously is is a lot uh, of different kind of content and um so cutscenes themselves we are still looking into what's the best way of doing them. Um, this goes uh, to, into conversation stuff as well, like how you interact with characters, as well as how you enter and exit bases and that kind of stuff, um, big moments in the story, so on and so forth. So um, I'm sure that it will be uh, a fun and great experience. It's just that giving a definite approach to cutscenes right now when we are not even in alpha. It's, again, the same way as with Linux. If I would say something right now and it wouldn't be that, I would not like to promise that, yes, we will do full CGI, ultra hyper extra cutscenes because we we don't know if we will. Yeah, um, probably one still thing in storyboard mode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing we do know is that we want multi-choice dialogue. That's that's uh, uh, key. Like Wing and Commander. Sorry. Like Wing Commander, where you had multiple choices. Um, yeah. Well, um, it's very important for us because um, in Aquinox and Aquinox Two, for example, uh, especially in Aquinox Two, where I would say conversations were decent and more interesting for me um maybe some people would disagree <laughs> i don't know um you could not choose your replies and in some way that worked up to some level it was okay i don't say it was bad but there were cases where i would have wanted to say something else mm -hmm. or i would have want even if the outcome would have been the same or similar you know Having the choice to agree or disagree uh, would have been good. And 
it's a big part of our storytelling that the player will be able to uh, agree or disagree or say his opinion or or be serious or be jokey or be be an uh, uh, a really annoying person i don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> you know being these having these kind of uh, multiple replies also very important is that you will be obviously playing the poor characters so and each of them will have their own personality and then having these multiple replies with four characters it's gonna be an interesting conversation to be done <clears throat> yeah so and 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 I just I just real I just realized that that, that sliced fart means silent running so you can you can take that and paste that earlier on. Is it? Silent running is the is the is the English term for it. So. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it, yes, it's that, the, the silent running for the submarine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that um, that does sound that does sound much cooler than slow driving. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's the direct translation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as as with a lot of things, you can directly right. translate. Yeah. Language yeah. is such a flexible thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, the, the difference it's... is slow driving is when is when you you just drive real slow, and sli silent running is when it's dark out and you turn your headlights off so no one sees you. Uh, so you 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 see you even get some English lessons today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Or German. Oh, yeah, German, yeah. Or both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, okay. so totally, totally awesome, I have to admit, yeah. So, um, right, so that's, that's really going to happen, and um, I wonder if you say that you can choose your answers, that's a candidate for multiple endings. <laughs> Oh, people just like multiple endings, don't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't really speak too much about this kind of of course of things. Course. Uh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, multiple endings or not multiple endings. I mean, there's there's ways to to do it. And again, I mean, you're pretty early in the process, so it's it's tough to really you know nail down whether that that'll happen but i mean i've seen games that have multiple endings that that are you know you you follow your own path you end up with a different ending and i've also seen games where where you can follow your own path but they all and they all somehow work out to the same ending so i mean you know i mean it, it could be a good thing but it's not something that i think would be a deal breaker to mm -hmm. to not have multiple endings i remember in command and conquer i used to save the last mission and before it ends and then I make a different move and I get a different ending just oh, yeah. so that I see all the endings mm -hmm. yes yeah, people like uh, that kind of approaches but I'm not saying that we are not going to have multiple endings I'm also not saying that we will uh, that heavily depends on uh, a lot of things big part because we are so early in development we are actually curious to know what people have on this subject um, and big part we are curious to know what people in general have on our story in our our reboot approach and so on so uh, we will definitely after the Kickstarter campaign ends and we will be analyzing all the comments and all the forum reactions and and I, I've I, I don't know how many comments I've read uh, on forums on on uh, on Kickstarter on 
YouTube comments, on Facebook comments, on Twitter tweets, uh, comments on articles posted on other websites. And I have a huge list of these. Um, and we will look at all of them. And we will also, maybe we can spark a discussion about, okay, people, what do you think about multiple endings? Uh, I'm sure people will be saying, yeah, yeah, but I'm also sure there will be some that might not like them. Um, uh, for, for, me it's to for me, it's totally exciting because I never thought I would actually talk to head of development or to a developer who is developing the, the successor of my, one of my favorite childhood games. I, ha I have to admit, this is totally crazy, you know, and oh, well. uh, yeah. We, we are actually very, um, as Digital Arrow, um, and generally the Aquinox team, so both from Nordic side, we are very community-centric, or I'm pushing to be as much as possible. And um, I'm also not the guy in the tie. Um, so I, I like talking to people, and I'm quite active on the English forum, at least. Uh, I would love to be more active on the German forum, but... Unfortunately, my knowledge of German is not allowing me that. Um, so, talking to yourself or anyone who is down to chatting and in our streams as well, we are going to be doing another stream. I don't know if it's tomorrow or the day after, or maybe on Monday. Still need to fix that down and announce it because it hasn't been yet. Um, <laughs> but we, we like talking to the community and we are not the kind of type that pulls back from that kind of thing um, the uh, big part uh, because um, I think it's as I said uh, having the extra people voice their kind of approach gives you the possibility to make a game that they will genuinely enjoy and uh, it's not exactly easy, not just easy, it's, I wouldn't say it's actually completely possible without being community-centric. Um, obviously, there are various levels to that, but uh, some, some developers are more, some are less. One thing that would interest me is um, how about the long-term support of multiplayer? I, I I mean, I like to play a lot of older games, multiplayer, and my big problem is, because I'm a retro gamer by heart, um, my problem is that many of the games I like to play, the servers are shut down. <laughs> and that's really a big problem, you know, like GameSpy went out of servers, now I, can, I can't play half of my PlayStation 2 games anymore, because they all relied on GameSpy, that is not no more, or something. Um, and then there are different approaches, like for example, for Command and Conquer, Electronic Arts actually gave away the 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 technique for for hosting your own multi uh, your own server kind of. So if you if you try to access the multiplayer inside the game, you get forwarded to the new homepage of the multiplayer. So I wonder if you ever thought about that, that long time support of multiplayer and so on. <clears throat> well, that's a interesting question. <laughs> uh, 
I never um, had the chance to ask we're, any developer we're, we're, that. We're, we're in pre-alpha, and you're asking you're asking him whether it's still going to be working 25 <laughs> years from now. <laughs> well, I, I never I never got the chance to ask anybody that. So um, today's my my I'm, day. I'm fond <laughs> of providing as long-term support as possible. Um, I'm also um, was. For example, very saddened when, for example, the freelancer servers shut down, and I was very happy for some of the mods bringing back the multiplayer. Um, so, I would say we will do what we can to upkeep the servers. Uh, that's like an extremely far away thing to really delve into right now, but it's, I think. If we are to get to a point where we can't upkeep our servers, um, I don't see a reason why we would not allow people to host their own. So uh, many people don't allow that, and that makes me pretty sad, you know. Uh, because just the game is old doesn't mean it's not worth playing multiplayer anymore, you know. So. Um, I can't say it's gonna be like this. That, yeah. that, that's even a, a, a tougher question than asking multiple <laughs> endings. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because I'm asking you a question and you realize you had this experience yourself. So Yes, um, I'm aware of different kind of problems that are like this. Um, people also ask a lot about modding and similar aspects as well, as well as the whole multiplayer and how co-op will ruin the single player and all that kind of stuff so uh, well, i'm aware and we are also aware of the uh multiplayer support but that's also a big part that is very hard for me to answer not just because it's me as a developer it also this is something that we really need to also cooperate with nordic uh sit down and discuss options and possibilities but uh if it comes down to giving good support for multiplayer, I'm sure we will do as much as possible from our side to make it good. And uh, that, I think that's important to, to support it as long as possible. And I mean, it doesn't stop here. You have other problems like a new version of Windows and you get a new PC and suddenly your game doesn't work anymore. And then you have two fractions. One game developer says, oh, no problem, we make a patch for it. And then there's this other fraction who says, no, you, you, are, you are on the loose end because we stopped supporting this game, you know. And there are, the, and there are some crazy, some crazy um, game developer studios who actually still have a support section for the C64 games from 30 years ago. <laughs> Where I think, who, who, who is writing to them asking for, for game support of a 30 years old game? So you have different approaches of that. Retro gamers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, well, also um, Nordic is actually well known. If you've looked at their background, actually recently they, they did uh, support, like they ported some games to Linux, some older games. And also they made like remasters to some older games and upping them and patching them for some more modern systems. So they are, they are well known and uh, I think they do a great job with that. And uh, I, I don't think we will have 
problems uh, with Equinox in regards to that kind of things. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting for me because in the past I have always been bumped into those kind of problems. And I was thinking, I, I can't believe this, that the developer is stepping back and saying, ah, oh, not my problem. Uh, you shouldn't have updated your computer, you know, or something like that, you know. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you have been faced by those you have been facing those issues yourself and you, you you're trying you're open for ways of solutions that's that's pretty good yeah it's always good to be open it's <laughs> yeah, yeah um it's it's also if if you are open i guess it makes it easier for your next game development when when gamers know okay this this company is really listening to our needs yeah. Um, yeah, well, I hope it will, people will realize that we wish to listen um, and we have the will to listen, so. Right, right. Because then more people will actually come and tell us what they think. It's also right. a big part if it spreads out that they, we are up to feedback and we want feedback, uh, then yeah. We have a forum, but it's not exactly active yet. I'm sure after the Kickstarter, though, it will catch up a bit, or at least I hope. I mean, oh, it's it's not just that uh, we are we go there, I go there for the feedback, but also to just generally have a chat. Like, I don't know, <laughs> even if it's off topic. Right. So, what? Where can we? Where can people find out about this stuff? You know, what, what websites and and whatnot should we go to to check out? Um, well, we have a website uh, which is uh, plain and simple, aquinox.com, and we have a blog there. Um, we have been posting development updates there, and we will keep on posting development updates, um, be that video logs, um, in-engine stuff, or, or just blurbs, you know, development blurbs. We have a forum, gallery, and so on, and we are also on Facebook, which is uh, Aquinox Deep Descent or just Aquinox. Um, generally, if you type Aquinox in the search bar, you will find it. And the forums are embedded on the website itself, by the way, so it's easy to find them directly to the Aquinox forums. Um, so we also have a YouTube channel, Twitter. I think we did a Twitter channel. Yeah, we started a Twitter channel now for Aquinox directly. Yeah, uh, I, I already, I think I already follow or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, we did a Twitter channel directly so that uh, we can push out small updates there. So you mentioned Twitch earlier. So what, what are your future plans to show in the real, um, in the real live video podcast thingy? Because Twitch is quite, quite famous nowadays for being platform number one for video game streaming. So. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if uh, we will focus on Twitch or maybe use the new YouTube thing that came out recently. But we definitely plan to do streams now and then. Um, right as of now, I don't have a fixed like a streaming plan of this is what we're going to be streaming. Uh, this is a new idea we had that we wanted to start during the Kickstarter. But it might as well be that we will stream now... Um, so right now we are working still on the prototype. Uh, we can't show too much from the in-game itself because it likes to crash and all that kind of 
funky stuff, but we might as well show some uh, in-game stuff on our streams, talk about the game, or just, you know, play the old games like I did on a recent stream and just compare the old game with the, the new game in the making. So it's also a big part of us gathering comments and, and also answering questions. I like answering questions. <laughs> <laughs> keep them, keep them coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's interesting. I, I think the new thing we refer to is YouTube gaming because that is what what they started recently. Yes, yes. as a competition competitor for Twitch. Yeah. Mm. So um, you mentioned earlier you played a couple of games that you liked. So would you see yourself as a pro gamer or hardcore gamer or something or are you a casual gamer um well considering that uh before i actually started working in in a video game industry i was also hardcore modder uh i was also hardcore gamer um and I think I'm still quite an active gamer. And actually, I've played, uh, I've played Dota One competitively a bit. Not 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 so much. In, it was just regional. Played some Counter Strike as well, 1.6 uh, competitively up to also some level. But I wouldn't call myself a pro gamer. Um, and I still play. I mean, I wouldn't say there is a day that goes by that I don't spend at least an hour playing a video game. But I think that is usually a lot more. But, you know, it depends on the amount of uh, work, for example, because if I spend, uh, let's say, 12 hours here in the studio and I spend 12 hours looking at uh, uh, in-game or game prototype stuff and, and, and also documentation on games or articles on games and and then I go home, um, usually uh, if it's like that, then I don't spend more than an hour or two. Maybe okay. I, uh, I tend to play some Dota 2 with friends, um, um, but that's, that happens usually every day. <laughs> I see. Um, but I also like to play some old games. Um, I have recently installed Gothic 2, actually, Ooh. to play it again. Um, which I love. Um, yeah, I think that's that. I also have been planning to, with a friend I've been talking to, to do some Warcraft 3 maps because we did those back in the day. <laughs> and maybe if my time lets me, we're gonna just have fun with that. We'll see. But I guess your focus changed now that you're a game developer. Uh, Focus in which way? I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean I mean, yes, I mean, if you play a game or something, you, you, you are probably thinking like, okay, I could include this in my next game. Oh no, I, I maybe um, this one or no, not this type of game again. No, my next game will not be like that. You know, you, you always have a mind running with ideas what to do and what not to do. Um, well, it, it's the same thing if you are a press person you don't you can't read an article the same way as you did before or or if you play basketball and you are in the basketball league you can't watch basketball the same way you did before but 
I think I have a good way of locking out these kind of things Seriously? sometimes. Okay. Like, you know, I just don't really care. I just chill out, you know. And uh, I think quite often I can do that. Not always. <laughs> One thing I do know is that I've became a bit more critical about games sometimes. That is what you I know, mean. Um, yeah. I notice mistakes. I notice good things. No, so it's not just I find the bad things. I, I have a bigger, also I have a much bigger appreci appreciation for video games because I know exactly how hard it was to do that. So, like, some people, like, they find a small bug about something and they explode about it, but they don't realize that that small bug uh, is probably a result of a much bigger thing that was very hard to make, and that small bug is just a minimal thing, and, you know, it's, it's a tricky approach, but I think I managed to lock out most of these things. In game development nowadays, beta testing is very important, especially since you have so many different um, hardware. And at the moment, if you look at the gaming press here in Germany, there are a lot of things like, oh, this is powered by NVIDIA and this is, this is running better on, on 880, you know, AMD. Um, graphic cards, but but I guess in your case this is not really an issue. You you, you don't um, have any preferences, I guess. I haven't uh, seen any issues so far on on the prototype when it comes to Nvidia or AMD cards, um, and I I'm certain that we will make sure that uh, it is optimized for both approaches. So. It's part of our Kickstarter also to get beta people and alpha people and we will certainly do extensive testing to avoid these kind of things. So Well I already secured my spot. <laughs> <laughs> In the alpha. Okay. Great, great. I I'm sure we will be getting a lot of feedback. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a beta tester for a living, so Oh. Uh, yeah, actually, that's but for but not for video games for medical software. So, okay. but but still, I find bugs pretty easy, and I tend to crash games and programs if there's <laughs> any loophole that allows me to. You know, yeah. So, right. Thanks a lot for being so open. This is great. So I'm really looking forward to uh, the final game. Okay. And um, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, just what I, I wanted to thank you guys as well for having me um, talking. You guys talking to you guys. Um, I'm happy that people are interested in finding out more about Equinox, and this is exactly why we are big part, why we are on Kickstarter, and why we are open. And um, I'm also thankful, not just for you but in general everyone who has left us their comments and their pledges so probably our Kickstarter will be mentioned in the video and we are basically at our goal almost but yeah, you never I, know I'm really looking forward <laughs> to working on Aquinox Deep Descent and making a game that is worth mentioning in the lineup of these games and hopefully it's successful enough for uh 
for an another part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. It, it it depends if if we if people if the communication with the community demands and people want more games. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. One up. Uh. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Okay, so thanks, Norbert, for your time. Um, yes, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> thank Bye. You Right, Have a nice day. And you too. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> yep, yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hello, everybody. So, this was our interview with Norbert Vargar from Equinox Deep Descent. That very cool Kickstarter project that, as of now, has five days to go and already reached his funding goal and actually exceeded it and um, I wanted to say thank you for watching this I hope you enjoyed it if you didn't watch it you should watch the video version because we have included a lot of cool video effects and stuff from the pre-alpha videos that were sent to us by Nordic Games in Austria so thanks a lot guys for helping us and so you should check out more if you want to check out more from Equinox, you can do that on the Kickstarter itself. So be sure to pledge and have your vote and your voice in it to get the game becoming awesome. And that is at Equinox Deep Descent. If you look for that on kickstarter.com, it should show up. And as you heard, Norbert is really, really looking forward to hear your comments, to hear your suggestions, and to talk and communicate with you, which you can do at the forums too. That is also linked from the homepage of NordicGames.at. They are in Austria, and if you want to watch and check out the development studio in Serbia, that's digital-hour.com. As of us, we have a homepage, themeworld.org, and after this recording here, I will finish all text for the next issue, 25 of the Disc Magazine. And also we have a podcast, more episodes of it, at themeworld.org slash podcast, and also video interviews where we will also put wonderful video interviews with pioneers and VIP in the technology area that will also come along with the new issue. So make sure to check it out at seenworld.org slash interviews or youtube.seenworld.org. Make sure to leave a subscription and leave comments on the videos and we will answer it. No problem. If you want to check us, out. AJ has a blog at justwesterfell.com. I really like his writing style. He's awesome. So check out his blog posts and have a laugh. And I'm at nefcom.eu and I write about uh, all that crap, you know, IT and stuff and how to solve problems with the PC and international communication as well. And that's nefcom.eu. And also you can check us out on Twitter themeworld underscore twitter.com well at twitter.com scene underscore world and also well 
make sure to watch and listen to the past episodes. So see you next time. If you want to write to AJ and me, write to podcast at symbol.org. And we will be lucky and pleasured to answer you. Thank you. Goodbye, people. See you.